From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again for another episode. Shockingly enough, we haven't been canceled yet, but we're back again for another episode of the Power Move. With me, as always, is liquored up in the middle of the day, Colt Amadon. Cheers, Colt. Cheers, and, of course, Chris Connell Esquire. What you got a surprise for you? <laughs> right on the board, there it is. Oh, there oh, found the nailed it. We got to talk about that first. Before we get into what we're going to talk about on the show today, obviously, that's a crappy move. That's a crappy sound for the power move. It's just what we came up with as a joke. So I have a challenge to everybody listening to this. Listening to this. If you're listening to this or watching this, here's the challenge. We want you to send me a wave file either in the DMs on Instagram, whatever it may be. Send me a wave file of something that we should use for the power move noise. Chris recommended maybe like a heavy New York accent. Thick, thick, thick. Thick. <laughs> Bostonian or whatever. thick Bostonian yeah. New York. Yeah, it's a power move. Yeah, kid. whatever you think the power move noise should be, we're gonna try them out till we find the one that sticks. Send me in away, DM it to me, uh, record it on your phone, whatever you want it to do. We're gonna try a new one every week until we find the one that works. I go. think is a good idea. But today, what we're gonna talk about a couple of things. Number one, will the housing market crash? That seems to be the question I get more often than not. Social faux pas and how to get out of them, and the value of education, i.e., should you go to college? It's a good question. There I it is. Have, I have hard opinions on every one of them. <laughs> hard opinions on every one of those things. So I get it. So first of all, let's jump right in and talk about the housing market because everybody's got an opinion on this. Everybody talks about, oh, the market's going to crash. I know it's going to be over. And uh, doing what we do, we get asked about that more often than not. I know residential, which is you know really uh, my end of it, my specialty, has been through the roof for years now, since probably 2011 when it started to shoot up and the hedge funds started to buy. And then uh, the same thing's happened to commercial, right, yeah. Cole? Same yeah. thing. Uh, Commercial is always a shadow market, in my opinion. So you guys shot up in 11, we went about 13, and it's just been on fire. Been on fire lately. Yeah. And, and Chris, even though a lot of people, for those of you who don't know this at home, even though he is an attorney, a practicing attorney, we don't know what he's practices, but you know he's a practicing attorney, he does also, he's a card-carrying member of the Las Vegas Realtors as yeah. well. So, yeah. welcome to that. Welcome to the welcome to the, welcome to the deep end, buddy. Yeah, I know. Thank obviously, you obviously, you hold your club. license for a different reason than we do, but yeah. you know, still, you, you've got it. And yeah. so, uh, you, you, even you, from your loose perch, <laughs> <laughs> have seen the market go up. Yeah, to a place that it's overinflated, and it seems to be the uh, the number one thing you see with the prognosticators now, which is the market's going to crash. The market's going to crash. So much to the point. Several weeks ago, I don't know if you saw it. I actually did a challenge on Instagram where I told any prognosticator that wants to bet me over the next two years that the market would crash about in 10 grand. I said, look, you got to sign a contract and you got to put the money in escrow. I got no takers. But I think the first thing is what constitutes a market crash is the first question. And that's a very interesting question, right? We all have different definitions of what a crash is. Now, um, it's such a weird topic to talk about Las Vegas, a specific art market. Yeah. Because we have these weird barriers to entry and we have these weird economic moats that a lot of other places won't. So I can't opine on what's going to happen to Manhattan pricing. People may get sick of it and keep flooding into Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But what we have, our advantage is being beside California, obviously. Mm -hmm. We have these prices and you're aware of it, you know, specifically yeah. as a somebody that goes to California often and for your business and um, where you have homes that are just absolute, just garbage. Yep. Garbage homes going for three times what the average home goes for here. And so obviously the 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 shift to Las Vegas makes a ton of sense for people that want the warm weather and the low taxes, all that. And politics, whatever your reason is. So I, I have a hard time kind of coming up with a general opinion on real estate in America, right? That's what people always want to do. A crash is coming, crash is coming. Yeah. But you can't look at things like that, right? In every market, there's a bear market. There's every market, there's a bull market. You yeah. just have to know where it is and how to find it, what makes it what it is. If you yeah. look at the, the where, where are the most uh, increasing percentage, you know, premiums in the country? I think Stockton's third. Stockton's yeah. like the car theft capital of North America. <laughs> and it's I the think third, Grand Theft Auto yeah, is actually based literally on Stockton. Grand Theft Auto, Stockton is just <laughs> yes, called Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> you know, it's Stockton, Idaho. Boise, it's, through, it's just on yeah. fire. It's it, it's never going to calm down. They're never going to satisfy that need because people are starting to shift um, paradigms about what is important to them, what's valuable, and you know people are starting to move to Montana. People are starting yeah. to move to places where we're kind of left 
you know, at the outskirts of thought for a long Untouched. time. Untouched. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if you look at the national market, let's talk about that first. And and I'm willing to make, the bet I was making was based on the Las Vegas market. Yeah. And the first thing I did was I took a poll amongst my followers, listeners, whatever you'll call them uh, through Instagram. And I said, what constitutes a market crash? And overwhelmingly, it was north of 25%. Uh, you know, markets are going to ebb and flow. They're going to go up and down, market corrections here and there. But a crash would be 25% or more a loss, which is essentially, you know, we had what, 50, 60% you know, yeah, market yeah. crash back when it happened in 06, 07. That's never gonna happen in Las Vegas again. But before I get to why, let's talk about why it won't happen nationally. Now, first of all, you have interest rates again today tick down a 10th. So they're again, hovering right at 3%. That is historically low interest rates. The Fed has already come out and said they have no intention necessarily of raising in interest rates. Uh, inflation is, is gobbling up pretty well right now, but it, with rates low, it's still a great idea to buy a house. Even with the inflated prices of the homes, it's still a great, it's still a great time. People forget back in the eighties, an interest rate on a, a single family house. 15, was, 20%. It was 18%. You got a new mortgage, Bob. What'd yep. you get? You got 17.5%. It was, it was insane. I mean, you were, you weren't signing a mortgage. You literally were signing your own death warrant. And gas, is what you're yeah, doing. Cars and, uh, were you, still 25 grand. Yeah. You're going to die yeah. in, in that house <laughs> is what you're doing. You might as well buy a coffin at yeah. that point. So it was nuts. So those low interest rates are going to continue to create demand, continue to create that demand that's going. Now, if markets depend on two things, which are supply and demand, I learned that in like 10th grade economics <laughs> class. Colin, if you didn't know that, yeah, I learned that. Yeah. Supply and demand work wow, hand in hand. Is that how that works? Is yeah, that, that how that works? Wow. They work, they work hand in hand to do that. But I worked at, you know, I learned that. And if you look at the supply chains that are coming out, the United States government just passed something not too long ago. If you didn't know about it, it's got a T in front of it. It's the infrastructure bill and it's going to cost us how much? Trillion dollars. <laughs> You know what? That's the second time I've hit it now. I'm already over it. I'm already over the fifth. Please again, please send in your waves. No, a trillion dollars. So the U.S. government is now just became the largest competitor to every single home builder in America for two things, raw materials and labor. And labor, yeah. So every house you build is going to be built at some point with concrete and with stick lumber. It has to be, right? They have to frame them up. I mean, I know they're doing 3D. Somebody's like, no, they're doing 3D printing now. They're doing this. Okay, I get it. I know that. But most of them are still being built with some form of concrete and or lumber. The U.S. government is now going to start bidding that up. And oh, yeah, by the way, it wasn't just the U.S. government that passed a giant infrastructure yeah. bill. China and Germany just did the same thing. All at the same time. So now all at the same time. So you have the global supply of raw materials going to get choked to death because the pricing is going to go through the roof because the governments are not competing for it, number one. Number two, Chris, who's, you know, I know last week you said it was going to be the U.S. military was going to come home and uh, and redeploy into building bridges, which while while a good idea to get them out of war zones and get that done, I don't think is a very practical idea. Yeah, but, you know, that labor supply in general, I mean, we're going to, you know, there's this whole thing, this narrative right now about COVID and recovery, all these people sitting at home collecting checks, blah, blah, blah. But when people do kind of come online and these jobs are maybe higher paying or these jobs are more attractive to people that are looking for skills, or these kids coming out of high school who don't necessarily want to go to college right away. You know, we'll maybe see more participation in in that kind of outdoor physical activity. Uh, okay. going to get a lot uh, more. Did you hey. did you walk outside in Las Vegas last week? Did you abs did you bother to walk from any kind of structure to your automobile? Oh yeah. You want to? I, there's no amount of money you could pay me. I mean, I dude, those guys that work on the roads and stuff. Yeah. God bless, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of unemployed, you know, school, you know, school teachers or whoever want to go work oh, on the side not. of a street building a bridge. Yeah, no, no, not school teachers. It's so funny. Not none of an aside. The older I get and the longer I live in Las Vegas. I actually think it was a cool summer, and I don't know what anybody's what? talking about. What? Oh, we're all dying God. up there. I was having the best. That's because having my hot girl summer. I was oh, living the dream. <laughs> it was absolutely a great summer. This, was, this is coming from a guy from Regina. In Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Regina. Canada. But, but no, aside from that, no. But there's a lot of, you know, here's the thing about young men, okay? And I'm going to go specifically young men. They are statistically and probabilistically more likely to go do dangerous jobs and be outside and suffer if there's more money involved. Crab show. Yeah. Crab show, the, the crab fishing show. Yeah, look at look at the oh, yeah. crab fishing show. Crazy men die because they're morons because they're they're willing to chase that extra buck. Yeah, but no. I don't. But I don't. Okay, I don't think it's dangerous. I just think it's brutal. I mean, there's dangerous. Yeah, but in you the have the option. You have the option to. I go guess the crab fishing and exactly and a, a walk <laughs> yeah. in the park either. I guess. <laughs> think about it. Yeah, but, but yeah. would you rather go? Would you rather go build bridges or lay asphalt in the middle of a Las Vegas summer or? 
be a preschool teacher. No, but John. no, 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 no. But, but here's my point. My point is this: well, <laughs> the preschool teacher, I think I'd rather go lay in small. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but the point. But exactly. the point. But the point being is this. The first people that are going to go take those jobs are the guys that are currently doing tile for Toll Brothers. That's right. Yep. Currently framing for Pulte. Currently right. laying those foundations for KB. That's those. That's the first wave of people into those jobs because, quite frankly, the U.S. government is just going to pay so much the home builders won't be able to afford to keep up, which is going right. to raise their labor costs for the people that do stay right. through the roof, and that's going to get passed directly back off to the consumer. And then maybe we'll start here and. Talks about immigration reform at that point. Well, possibly, but 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 again, <laughs> again, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot less upstarts. You're going to see a lot less actual new homes being built because they're not going to have the materials. They're not going to have the labor. They're not going to have the ability to pull these things online. They're not going to. You think people are going to go vertical? I, I don't think ver I, even vertical is going to be a challenge, more of a challenge, because now you're talking steel. Now you're talking major uh, you know, raw materials that are under uh, in, de in demand for the infrastructure bill. Sure. I mean, building is going to be a real problem over the next several years. As long as they're burning through that trillion dollars, it's going to be a real challenge. So I think that in itself is going to hold demand down, is going to hold supply down while you have demand still relatively high. Now, not a lot of people are like, well, the eviction moratorium is almost up and oh, man, God, people with evictions coming. It okay. is up. I right. hate it is up. seeing that It is up. Comment. That's true. That's it Supreme up. Court. Yes. Yeah, so let's say done. you counselor, Supreme, Supreme Court, Court just rolled. This is your department. And I, uh, you know, here's the thing. People can say what they want and moan about evictions. It's not fair to renters. And I go, look, life is not supposed to be fair. You don't run systems of government based on like, you know, we're not Robin Hood as a culture, right? Right. It's, you know that fair not, is a bad word in my in my house. Fair, fair is a, fair is a weird word to me. It's a bad word in my house because fair is a relative, right? Fair is relative. Yeah. Yep. It's not fair to who. So you say, well, these renters should be able to continue on the on the moratorium or whatever. But it's like I, it, it's it's been quite a while. I think there's a lot of you know people looking for jobs. I mean, it's not. I'm not trying to get into the politics of that left right, but the United States government, it's not. It's within its purview to deprive people of their life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness, or property without fair compensation. Right, right. Now, you can't deprive, you know, a landlord of their compensation. Right. Yeah. It's not your, it's not what you can do. It's not your authority. It's like a police officer is not allowed to uh, go teach fifth grade. Like, it's, it, you have right. rules and you have outlines and parameters, and you got to follow them. And the Supreme Court got it right that you can't just, you can't arbitrarily and unilaterally dictate there's an eviction moratorium because you're dispossessing people of their right to do what they want with their property. And that is not within the constitutional boundaries, in my opinion. I hated that excuse of everybody. Well, it's going crash because of that. And it just, it's like, well, let's look at that. You may have, you may have a bit of supply, but there's so much money right now. Okay. There's, there's, no, there's no, so, so much, much money. money. There's so much money. Well, it doesn't matter. No. I could put a thousand homes online. There's going to be a yep. thousand and ten bids for them by hedge funds or people that well, need to get rid of their money. Well, let's talk about that. That's right. point. No, that brings us to point number two as to why the market will not crash. So we haven't rehearsed this, by the way. We haven't. No, no, no. But when the, when the market when the market first turned, oh, we were going to rehearse to be like a boy band concert. <laughs> yeah, this bitch. Yeah. Let's face it. Tag John. That's your turn. Be it. No, exactly. No. Uh, point number two is when the market turned for the better in 2010, 2011, some of us were there, me included, and I bought massive portfolios for the hedge funds. I worked for both Blackstone and for Goldman Sachs through their buying arm was called Frio Nevada here, where they bought, we bought them literally hundreds and hundreds of homes as fast as we could buy them. Whatever's for sale. So, and all of those homes were bought cash. Companies like Wedgwood still buying today, literally have never stopped buying, have just continued to buy, continue to buy, continue to buy. Mm -hmm. So much so, the big hedge funds, and obviously saw this, but Blackstone just did a deal with Pulte to buy 7,000 new homes directly from Pulte to immediately turn into rentals. I mean, how are you competing with that? You, you can't. You, know. you, you can't. But again, again, this is why the market's going to get a crash. So let's just assume. Let's assume that I'm Blackstone and I have literally more money than I know what to do with, because they do. Sure. And I have purchased all of these assets and let's just call it uh, Town A, whatever it may be, because they own assets all over the country. They have, they have markets. There's a hedge fund in just about every medium sized to large market across the country. And they bought all these assets cash and they had them all. The market starts to dip. You're in, you're in full equity if you haven't you know, recapitalized these deals to pay for the next ones, but you're in equity in a lot of these houses. The market starts to dip. Do you, last Colt, Colt, you run the hedge. 
time to play. Let's who runs the hedge fund? <laughs> Go, you run. So the market starts to dip. Do you a just throw your hands up in the air and say, well, I guess all of these assets we are are going to go down in value, or do you B, start buying up everything you can get to protect your value? Well, it's just like any investment, right? Stock, same thing. When it goes down, you buy more. Absolutely. You offset, you offset it. Dollar, and I, dollar cost average. Dollar cost yeah. average. And, and I think that a lot of people don't comprehend that. I mean, and it goes for just some random person, right? That They lose equity in it. What people don't realize is, there's so much equity in homes nowadays. Yeah. Well, me and you were doing this stuff with the the banks and stuff. They bought at 106% debt. You know, mm-hmm. they had a debt of 106%. It dropped 20% in three months. Now they're underwater, you know, almost 30%. They're not getting away. They're walking away. You could drop people 30% now. I, the majority would still have a ton of equity. That brings us to point number three, Colt, which Boy was, band. if you look back at the last crash we had in 2006, whatever year it was, 2007, what was going on in 2003 to 2005? No income, no job loans. The ninja loan. We don't even, we will, we'll never check where you work. We're not going to check on how much you make. We don't care. If you say you make $100,000, you probably do. How much do you have to put down in the house? Zero. We'll do an 80% loan with a 20% HELOC. Close them simultaneously. It's all done. And we'll actually roll into the deal 24 months of your HOA. So you have no bills out of pocket for at least 30 months. You're going to be a millionaire, which is why every Kato waitress in this town owned six houses. Do you, are you concerned that those are coming back? No, no, I'm not. But no. there are there are products like that. Yeah. I, I kind of had a moment where I go, oh. No, no, no. Well, I'm telling you, then you haven't refied or gotten a loan lately because it's still, to get any type of a decent rate, it is a disaster. I mean, it's still the amount of, I tell everybody that buys a house with us, like, look, I don't care what your credit is. I don't care if it's eight fifty, whatever it is. The diligence is perfect. Well, yeah. Yeah. You need to expect to have to answer some questions that you weren't expecting to have to answer. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you need to expect to provide some documentation that you have zero reasoning why they need it. You yeah, need we, to we did a refi and it was. And I, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a grueling deal. It was going to be a layup in terms of like, I thought I could just call. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> be like, yeah, we just need a refund. No, yeah. and that's it. Like, I think I do see some of these stated things come across, but I think it's all hard money. Just right? makes it's, me, yeah, it's just, hard money. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's different. And like you said, when I moved to Vegas, it was 2006. And this is what happened. I'm just here with my buddy who owns a roofing construction. We go and gamble. The guy's like, oh, you're in real estate? I own three homes. I go, oh, good for you. You're talking we, about the dealer. The dealer. The dealer. Yeah, of course. Okay? So I don't know anything about Vegas. I'm like, whatever. So then I go maybe to a gentleman's club because I'm a gentleman. And <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe to a gentleman. <laughs> and the girl's like, what do you do? And uh, we're, we're real estate. Oh, I own four homes, right? It was like the big short. So well, I, I was went, like, are you just telling me the, t- the sideline of the big, big short? Big short. I. Wait, five times it took me to watch a big the, short because it was. Wait, is that so a movie or your name at the gentleman's club? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no. I'm using it for that for yeah. sure. That worked out. That was perfect. But I did. I, I, I sat there and I'm like, what the hell? The big short took me five times because it made me sick to my stomach because that was the exact story. So I go to the guy trying to pull me in Vegas. I go, how much does a dealer make? 60 grand. Okay. How much does a stripper make? Uh, 130. How do you have a million? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right. But yeah, it depends on the shift. There's a lot of of things that go into it. But how does a $60,000 per year guy have three homes? The average home is 320 at that time. Yeah. You got a million portfolio. I walked out there that night within 24 hours. I go, I don't know if I should move to Vegas. This is going to get ugly. That's the exact words I told to somebody that those loans were crazy, just crazy. And now, but to get a loan, if you've gotten a loan in the last, from 2010 to now, you've got to put, you got skin in the game. All the, everybody's buying houses right now has skin in the game. They had to put some money in, they put it up and they've now taken advantage of some of the equity coming up. You don't hear a lot about a people, a lot of people now back in 0405, as soon as you got equity, what did you do? RV. Refile with a HELOC, buy a boat. <laughs> everybody was living out. Yeah. Everybody was living off equity. People are gun shy, man. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. And, and we see, you know, through our mortgage company, our title company, our real estate company, we see a lot of deals close. And you you don't see a lot of encumbered weird liens with like a lot of HELOCs that were pulled against properties no. because people yeah. have equity. And you know what doesn't go to foreclosure, Colt? You know what doesn't go to foreclosure? HOA equity. Equity. Yeah. Equity doesn't equity. foreclose. And here's why. The reason it doesn't foreclose is because if you have equity in your house, if you have equity in your property, 
and it's going to foreclosure the next day, you can guarantee yourself that somebody that paid $399 for a class called Real Estate Millions, I don't know if that's a real course, I'm just making <laughs> it up, too. but there's 50 of them that say, they're called this. Somebody's gonna get that list and come knocking on your door. Hi, I'm here to help you is what they're going to say. And you know, we'll make a cash offer. You deed the house to me and we'll give it away. That equity is going to get gobbled up by somebody smarter than the person willing to let it go foreclose. But the reality is that property is never going to hit the open market. No, it's not. No. Somebody's going to play an angle that that property is going to, and its equity is going to get gobbled up before that, which brings me to something else. I think that, I think if you don't haven't figured out for if those reasons by themselves are good enough, why the market's not going to crash. I mean, I, you can hit me up. I'll give you 10 more why it won't happen. Well, you know, you brought up a good point too about the hedge funds. Now let's say for example, the hedge funds wanted to sell. Where they why? Put their money? Where they put their money? You Where's it going to go? You, you're going to trigger all these events. The, the biggest, the biggest problem, the biggest problem <laughs> when I talk to rich people and I talk to a lot of them and, and I do, the biggest problem they all have is, well, what am I going to do with the money? Nothing. Yep. That's what there's literally nothing. There's you can nothing do to do with money. money. First off, plus the tax events. So you'd have to 1031 these portfolios if you could. Yep. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if you can, but imagine having 7,000 homes from Pulte sitting yep. here, all imagine renting, all cash for Well, there's, I mean, there's a reason that you can't find apartment buildings anymore. They're just, it's, it's such just, a hard thing to find because. Everybody's 1031ing it to them too. Everybody, everybody with money is looking to buy them. Everybody. Yeah, I get it's that so call four times a week. Mm -hmm. oh, I got 5 million. I got 10 million. Yeah. Good. Good. Doing everybody Thanks. else, buddy. Yeah. And, and opportunity zones are kind of in a weird place right now because some yeah. of those loopholes are going to close up. So they, they may come out with a new program like that, which may create new kind of incentives for giving. I'm a fan of opportunity zones. No, 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 that's a different and, and story. Seven, so it's really complex. Fan. I was sitting down with some kind of like wall street guys the other day at a meeting talking about some stuff and I'll keep it to myself what they right. were, where the, where the money is kind of, <laughs> coming and going and what they're planning on doing. Let's just put it this way. In life, people with money are, are three steps ahead of people without. Oh, without oh, question. Three steps. And I don't question. mean two steps. I mean three, four, yeah. five yeah, steps. Yeah. Like a lot. They, they're like, this fund is going to do this because when this happens, yeah. this will happen. No, they're literally this, writing the music they, that you're going to be dancing to. You're going to be dancing to. And it's not a joke. So if you have some money, just lean on some smarter people sometimes. It, don't, stop trying to be a hero and do everything yourself. <laughs> There's a reason that some of these people yep. exist. And they're just on a different track than you. They're talking to different people have different opportunities. That's just my free advice for well, that. Well, I think, I think we always talk about if you want to change, you know, What's going on with you? Change your change the room you're in. Yeah, and I don't Get even mean like people. who are your buddies. I mean, because that would be cool if you were talking to nothing but a bunch of financial wizards. But not. I'm talking about the people at banks, like major Wall Street bank. You're talking about the people at Blackstone. Yeah. Okay. When you're talking about them, they open and close funds. Like you can't even buy them. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't even get into their fund. They've already closed and they've already opened and closed that seven thousand one. I guarantee. Yeah. yeah. They won't take your money. We yeah. don't even want your money. Throw it in the garbage. They don't need We don't need it. We don't want it. Yep. So there, there's, you know, that's, it's not a conspiracy. It's just, there's people that move money in a certain way. That's going to be a lot more efficient than you. So un, try to understand that first and then try to limit your own sort of downside potential by kind of, you know, trying to play with them. At least talk to, talk to yeah, a financial advisor, see what the word on the street is a lot of times. Well, you know, I got, well, what I was going to talk about was I, I, and, the, and man, this is my biggest, this is my biggest problem with the industry that we're in. It's a huge problem because it's a huge money maker. It's a massive money. It's a massive money maker. A lot of my friends, this is a key part of their personal business, um, and I it just it makes my stomach turn a little bit. Chili's, Here's what it is: Chili's gift cards. <laughs> Chili's gift cards. Again, if you don't, Chili's, Chili's. I'm not done with Salt you. I'm not Chili's. done. And again, and again, my goal, my goal with these comments is to make you have to Google what did Chili's do to John Gafford and make that trend. That's my goal. Beautiful. Yeah, um, I'll be here to remind you. But again, week. But what what it is is wholesaling real estate. Now, I think that if you are not a realtor. If you are not someone that carries that card, and we, you know, we do. And it, and yeah, it's a little goofy. It's a little outdated. We have to take us a little oath to uphold the, the best interest of the public. We have to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can be a realtor and wholesale a property. Now, for those of you at home that don't know what wholesaling is, what wholesaling is is, for example, in the in the, in the example that we just gave before, where we were talking about the lady that was going to get um, was going to get foreclosed on. Yep. You would knock on her door and you'd say, hey, we'll get you a cash offer. You see all these signs. We'll get you a cash offer tonight. Cash offer, cash offer, cash offer, cash offer for your house. Well, a lot of these people pick a $300 course 
and learn how to make bandit signs by writing on them. Cash offer for your house in one day. They get one phone call, and this is what they do. They come to your house, and they say, we're going to give you a cash offer. Now, obviously, that offer is way below market value. It's, it, it can't be market value because it wouldn't make any sense. And the pitch is, well, you're not going to have any inconvenience. You're not going to have to use a realtor. You're not going to have to use any of this stuff, right? And then what they do is they make you sign a contract. And this is the, if you are a property owner, if there's one phrase that I can get across through every podcast we do that you need to beware, that phrase is and or assignees. Yep. <laughs> because when you sign a contract to sell your house to whatever entity, whatever individual, whatever it is, and it, right behind it, it says and or assignee, you are pretty much guaranteeing yourself you are leaving money on the table that somebody's about to scrape. Because here's what happens. They get your house in contract. Let's say they'll close in 10 days. Then they say, okay, so say your house is worth, call it 350000 And a good wholesaler or somebody that's skilled in this particular art can go in and for whatever reason, because you're uneducated, uh, desperate, in a tough spot, whatever you may be, will make you an offer well below market value, 25, 30% below. And they'll say, we'll give you 250000 Right away, whatever it is. And it's, I, I mean, I've heard of people getting free houses basically by the time this comes out. It's crazy. We're going to offer you this crazy low offer to get this done. And then they'll take your contract because this and or signee and they'll start calling people that actually flip and rehab houses. That this is our actual business to improve a neighborhood and say, hey, I'll sell you 123 Main Street and I'm going to give it to you for $280,000. Well, you agreed to sell it to them for 250. Now I'm selling it to the next person for 280. I never even close on your house and I make $30,000. Yep. Now, who should be getting that $30,000? Homeowner. The homeowner. But here's the problem. You're stupid. I mean, I'm sorry, you don't understand what they're doing. And ignorant. You think your better word, much better word. Yeah, you I, think, I like ignorant. Ignorance, you, think, you don't ignorant, know something. Yeah, right, yeah, but, yeah, but, it's, but see, ignorant. I don't like using ignorance as an excuse for doing stupid things. I, I think I think it's lazy. I think uh, yeah. I think if you get caught up in a sales pitch or there's no situation that's that desperate, because here's, here's the reality of it, all right? If you were to list that house for seven days under market, the same guy that winds up buying as a flipper same guy would have bought from you. It's gonna buy it. It's gonna buy it anyway. And even would if you're paying, your 30, even if you're paying a yeah. realtor seven, eight, nine grand to list it, you're still better off than giving the, the guy that did nothing thirty grand. Well, and if it goes to market, it isn't going to a flipper. It, you, you and we just know, talked about. We just we talked. There are no houses for sale. No, you know no, even if you do FISBO, I'm, look, I'm a realtor. I'm telling you, you're better off doing FISBO. Let's stuff go market. So so why don't you hear agents? kind of making that their thing, like educating the, their clients or whatever. Uh, you know what? It, 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 well, no, and I'm going to tell you why. Because that process of wholesaling properties is rampant in the realtor community. Yep. There are so a lot of realtors doing that. doing that. They'll walk in. Oh, I'll give you a cash offer, and then they're flipping it to, to and then they're flipping it to people that actually Jeez, do the flip. That sounds like a really big uh, conflict. Of and interest. this is exactly why, yeah. dude. It is a well known fact. If I catch you wholesaling at Simply Vegas, I'm gonna fire you that day. You you cannot work Smart. for me and do this. Yeah. And here's why: because at some point, Grandma, they got taken advantage of, gonna is back. gonna realize and be like, "Oh my gosh, I got I got Chris And if you're carrying a real estate license, they're gonna go to the division about it because you swindled them and they're going to sue the broker. Because remember, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know this at home, if you're not in the real estate industry, real estate agents carry no liability. Right. They have no liability. Every single thing that, like we have 500 agents that work for our brokerage. Every, every single thing that all of them do lands on me. It's my fault. It's my responsibility. I got to deal with it. Right. So that's a bit, I don't know why they don't make a bigger issue. And it's just, it's so funny because our local boards that should be educating consumers about this. There should be commercials informing the public. Informing the public about well, informing the public that this is bad and you need to call a realtor and get some decent advice. Yeah, because that's a simple sell. If you see a guy with a a, a fucking uh, sharpie <laughs> on a on a, a piece <laughs> Isn't of paper, that crazy on, though. On you get off the, the freeway street, and there is sell your a house dollar green all. poster board. You, Sell your house cash and people look, say, like look, it's yeah, like you said, I, I don't even know if it is ignorance well, or just it, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So if you look at where, if you can statistically look at where the majority of these deals happen, they happen in parts of cities where there's not a lot of English is the primary language. They, there are places where people can easily I, I, be I taken. I agree with you. It's usurious. And I can tell you that with my clients, because the majority of my business is real estate and car accidents. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's insurance companies on the other side of car accidents. And I negotiate 
with them for people because people would be taken advantage of by insurance companies. The other side of it is, is real estate deals. And I will tell you this, there's a reason there's a check cashing place on the corners of the lower income neighborhoods. Yep. Okay. Uh, a lot of lower income people don't bank. You, you know, what's really surprising. And this is where you kind of, it, it's good to talk to different sort of people in different strata is that a, a lot of my clients don't have banks. They literally don't have banks. So if I give them a big check, I, I, I they have nowhere to case. cash it. They have nowhere to cash it. And, and there are companies like Chime that will do the online banking. They won't accept the check from Connell Law for $50,000 for their client. And so they have to go to a check cashing place. Okay, and those people take a huge chunk out of it. And and it's just another you know system of being on that treadmill, right? That yep. treadmill of it's poverty always, where someone else is taking your money because you don't know any better. And it's targeted because there's not a rich person on earth that is just going to walk into a meeting with a guy who says, sell your house cash. Well, you know what? Shows up with a contract. Then let's yeah. make that our goal. Everybody you need to know, everybody you meet, bring that up at your next party. Bring them next time you meet your friends. Talk to them. <laughs> Do you know what it means when somebody puts and or signee on a real estate contract. Except for this, commercial. This is what's going to, except for commercial, because those are entities. We do it all the well, time. We do it all the time commercial. If somebody makes you a cash offer and they put and or sign you can guarantee Run. you're about to get screwed. Well, we'll yeah. be back in just a minute where we're going to talk about is Colt's daughter a serial killer and also <laughs> social faux pas and how to get at them because, man, I got to tell you, I royally screwed up this week. It was brutal. I'll <laughs> tell you about in a minute. Okay. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we have, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. And we are back again for part two of today's power move. As always, Colt Amadon. For those of you who didn't text the first episode, we talked about why the housing market won't crash. After that is wholesaling ethical for real estate agents. Idiot if you do it. And how to avoid getting taken advantage of by people that want to wholesale property, which I think is probably the more important of those two things. But you know what? Colt mentioned something to me before we got started today, which is where he, he said he was worried that his daughter might be a serial killer. Oh my gosh, dude. My oh, daughter. So am I. What? Am I the only one without a No, my two-year-old. Oh. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. See see it already in her eyes? Well, it's just her her absolute (laughs) lack of regard for other people's comfort and safety. Well, well I'm, pretty sure, kind of, I'm pretty sure that's all two-year-olds. Maybe not a serial killer. Maybe more like a mass murderer, like, uh, you know, sort of. Well, you know what happened to me? So my daughter ended a year school thing last year, and um, teachers giving all these nice talks about, oh, you know, this kid, this is the most memorable <laughs> thing. And the teacher gets up and goes, yeah, my, I think his mother or mother-in-law died. Um, and Mia just laughed at me the whole time. I was telling this story. Like she's laughing at the teacher that he's over here saying, oh, I had to take off because my mom died. And I'm like, all right, you're a little messed up. Okay, we'll see what happened. So then fast forward, we're driving home yesterday. And she's like, oh, I, I go, what do you learn from school? Well, how to kill somebody. If you stab him in the front of the thigh, they'll die. They'll bleed out real quick and get cold and die. So if you ever want to kill somebody, go in the front of the thigh, not in the side. I, how do you learn that at school? I mean, She's I actually excited. don't think that's accurate. I think well, that, I, don't, uh, I hope. You think that the, takes, the thigh is going to tell her. It's called the golden hour, Colt. You have an <laughs> arterial break in your thigh. But it, like my kids sometimes scare me with that stuff. And she is so quiet. I don't okay, know. Well, here, what okay, here's the question, though. Is it that they just might want to kill you or they might want to kill others? Because, I mean, I if, if it, 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 is your, it is your wife's daughter, yeah, yeah. and uh, she might. I've, I've seen the bloodlust in the wife's eye for you sometimes. <laughs> I've seen this. Uh, yeah, no, she justified just, homicide. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I would not be shocked if, yeah, she's going to be my wife. <laughs> She'll be my wife, and my wife, I would not be shocked if murdered somebody because of what they said. And it might yeah. be me. It <laughs> might be me. She, she can call 702 Connell. <laughs> 702. If she ever, if she ever does murder Connell. 702 Connell. For all him, your murdering husband the, needs. We found out what he with actually does. Yeah, with the chancla. But I don't know. Do your kids do anything crazy that you're like, what the F are oh, you thinking? Yeah, they're just. Do, wait, do kids do anything that I'm like, what the F are you thinking? Yeah. Daily? Like scary Daily. Thing. Yeah. My, I walked into my 13-year-old the other day. Talking to this wholesaler about selling my house cash, <laughs> which okay. no, at a thirty yeah. percent discount, terrifying. 
terrified. Like, are you are you are you crazy? See, I walked. It, the scary thing is, I walked into my son's room and he was actually on the phone with your daughter trying to <laughs> buy her house at a thirty percent discount. Well, that, I mean, so there's that. Part of me was a little proud. Yeah, no, my <laughs> my kids. He doesn't have a license. He doesn't have a license. Again, if you don't have a license, you're not a realtor. Do whatever you want. I get it. So, yeah, if you have a license, so. I don't think you can. But uh, if you're talking, God, the chai tea is just. I went chai tea instead That's of coffee. Delicious. I normally go chai. It tastes like Christmas. Oh, chai tea! Oh, I'm instantly underrated. transported to like a a winter a winter wonder. Oh, yoga. Yeah. It's 108 degrees outside. I'm already talking about your sign. I know, but uh, let's see. So Big very social faux pas. Some about social faux pas. So here's my story. Uh, last week, I, well, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a flight back from somewhere, and Guns N' Roses tickets were going to go on sale as I was as I was going to be on the plane. So I called my assistant and I said, "Do me a favor, buy me the best four Guns N' Roses tickets they have." Right? I'm just thinking just the seats. I get off the plane, Bing Bing credit card. Did you just spend thirty six hundred dollars on Guns N' Roses tickets? And I'm like, "Well, holy shit! Apparently, I just did." <laughs> so I call I call her up, and she goes, "Well, no, you told me the best ones are the best seats." And I'm like. How in the world are these concert tickets? I mean, yes, it's Vegas. Concerts are more expensive than anywhere else. But how in the world is this $3,600? So I start looking it up. And it's like, oh, no, there's a whole, you know, you get an early, it's a VIP experience. You get, you know, open bar. You get food. You get a laminate. You get the the walk a red carpet. There's a merch package. There's all stuff. She did what you told her. Yeah, she did exactly. And I can't be mad. You did did what I told you. That's why she's my right-hand person. Exactly. She did exactly what I told her to do. So... We're cruising along, and I'm like, "All right." It gets a little closer, and I and I start getting iffy on even wanting to go to this thing. I mean, I've already heard a couple of concerts of you know going down at Allegiant Stadium. The sounds a little bad. It's kind of a pain in the ass to get in and out. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do this or not. And uh, we own a house in Newport Beach, and the house came up where we could go this weekend. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather go to the house because we own it with some partners. I was like, I'd rather go to Newport and hang out on the beach and go surfing and, and goof around and just decompress than go deal with this concert. So I had one of my guys on my team who just closed like an $8.6 million deal. It was a massive deal. So that was a no-brainer. I'm like, you get to go to Guns N' Roses. Here's, here's two of these super power VIP move. tickets, right? It's power. I'm not doing it. We, we need a new sound. But here's, the, here's your VIP tickets for that. And that's so why I had two left. So then I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'll just give them away to somebody else, one of my clients or somebody, and I go to start trying to mess with Ticketmaster to give them away. And I realize I can't transfer them. So I'm like, oh, God, I can't transfer them. So I'm like, what am I going to – I got to figure this out. And then as I'm going along, because of the VIP stuff, you actually have to pick them up from Will Call. So I'm trying to go to the beach, but yet I physically have to go with my ID and credit card that I purchased them with to – Will call to pick them up the day of the show. I'm like, this is a disaster. So now I'm like telling my wife, maybe I'll stay, you guys go, and then I'll just go to the show and then fly down to Orange County and you can come pick me up, whatever. And uh, anyway, so I get an email about checking in and I notice it says Courtney on it. it, has her name, my assistant, who bought the tickets. And I go in the other office and I go, hey, did you buy these in my name or in your name? She goes, well, I bought them in my name and I used my credit card. You reimbursed me. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm like, you get to go down to Will Call and pick these tickets up. And I said, but the good news is me, super cool boss. She's been kicking ass lately. I'm like, take, take your dude. You guys have a great time, right? Go to VIP. So she goes to VIP. She goes, we go to the beach and have a great time. Fast forward to Monday. I come back, walk in. How was the show? She's like, it was amazing. It was great. I said, cool. You know, your, your guy, Rico had a good time. She's like, had a great time. Everything was cool, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, oh, I have something for you. And I said, okay, cool. So she goes out and she comes in with the merch stuff that she got. I see the lanyard. I see the poster. I see the little bag. And she's like, here. And goes to hand me the concert t-shirt. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't, like, I gave it, I gave anything to you. I said, just take, just take, take it. It's for you. Give it to Rico. I, I don't. I gave you guys the tickets, everything, you know, it's yours. Good. She's like, no, 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 this, I, this is for you. And I go, no, I said, Courtney, it's a t-shirt. I'm going to throw it in a drawer. Right. I'm never going to wear it. I'm going to throw it away in two years. I don't give a shit about that. Okay. Keep it. She walks out of the room. My wife immediately calls me. <laughs> She's like, uh, Courtney bought you that t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? She goes, know, I'm going to she... defend you again here, John. I got to ah, defend you again <laughs> here. Chris you is keep... the best person to have on. No, these. it's like these Larry David moments. 702 like, They're not that, because here's the thing. Remember that guy you couldn't recognize because he was yeah. in sunglasses and yes. out of position totally, and you called him up later being like, hey, how are you? I saw yeah. that you were here. Like, you cared enough about him to do that. Yeah. And this person trying to give you the t-shirt of a, of a merch bag thing that came... You're obviously no, 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 prim- no, no, no. no. You're obviously primed to think that that's the map that came with the program. Yes, oh, okay. I did. So you're already primed to think that that's what you gave her, 
And her trying to give it to you is kind of like, no, no, no. I yeah. want you to have the whole thing. Yes. I don't right. want a part of the thing. Right. I, I want you to have the whole thing. Right. So those aren't. Those can are I, very can David I, moments. In, in I, all think, pretty, I think it's pretty cool. Because here I am essentially saying, wife. don't give me the gift because yeah. you get the no, shit. If she said to you, no, John, I bought you a gift and I wanted you to have situation. it. Oh, if she told situation. you it was a gift. No, but I'm imme- but I'm immediately backpedaling like, no, I, I love it. I wear it all the time. Well, no, 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 yeah, but, yeah but there's a difference between what 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 what's the value of a gift? It's not the thing itself in 99%. That's what I said. It's a thought that counts. And the thought it's, was it, lovely. That's what I said. The thought is that's great. She got it for you. If she gave you that t-shirt, you're not going to throw it away. Right. Because it's a gift. No, I'm still throwing it away. But oh, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe two years from now. But no, but maybe, maybe Hayden won. Maybe the kids want it because it's cool to wear like retro shit, right? So it, it's different though. Like as a gift... It's yeah. something that's more meaningful, and you will think twice about throwing it away. No, but whenever you get T-shirts, though, you have, you you have a drawer at your house They're full black. of T-shirts. They're all black. No, 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 not that one. That's the wearable drawer. <laughs> Those are my the unwearable drawer that yeah. contains things like and, yeah. and there's certain things again. You consider a gift. I had the Golden Girls T-shirt my son gave me because he thought it was funny. Yeah. For like Father's Day when he was like eight. Can't throw it away. Throw Still away. got it. Yeah. You know, that's the Chewbacca t-shirt show. that my daughter bought me for Christmas one year. That's right. Haven't rocked the Chewbacca t-shirt, but I'm never going to throw it away. That's right. So well, sorry, when she goes to college, I'll throw it away. But those are, it's fine. <laughs> when they're, when they're out of the house, I'm good. Are, but it's, but it's, it's almost incumbent upon you to be like, oh, you know, I thought you'd enjoy this, so I bought this for you. You know, you can't just, yeah. because when you've already been that's mentally primed for it. something, right, you're already in a thought that that's the thing I bought myself already, and I don't want it because I want you to go and have the whole experience. So yeah, just, well, that was the point. I was, I was I like how nice. you're hard on yourself for yeah. your own Larry David moments, and they turn out to be like completely normal to me. <laughs> <laughs> Makes what? me think maybe. <laughs> no, if you think so, yeah. that, telling somebody the gift you give me, no, I'm just going to fucking throw it away. No, I don't want that. But if they shit. said, this is the gift I purchased at the concert for you. No, I never would have said that. Well, then well depending on the t-shirt, depending Again, on the band. It's all about how yeah. you present. Two-way street, brother. Like, you give me, an, you give, you you present, give me, a, like, give me a Backstreet Boys t-shirt, I'm telling you it sucks. I'm not. I'm throwing it out. What's wrong with the Backstreet Boys Probably worth a retro party. Yeah, yeah it might be worth a retro party. Keep it party. 90s. Goes in yeah, that drawer. Everybody has the 80 party now. Have his 80s party. Oh, oh, which, 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 which bring, so, so for those of you watching and don't know this, Chris Connell Esquire, man of many talents, many faces, also fronts God. cover band Backacre, of which uh, we always have to go because now we have to go. I feel I mean, like we're pot just... committed because the, the <laughs> first time we played, he played some bar in Chinatown and they, it, it was like 10 of us there. Boomers, it's closed now. It's closed now. <laughs> Shocking. I remember the first time was at Boomers. It's closed. Next time was at Jing. That was a chi- no Chinatown. Chinatown was where Jing. the guy gave you an extra fifty bucks for bringing a good crowd. So he doubled your pay from fifty to a hundred. I think yeah, I remember what it was. Yeah, it was, <laughs> but yeah, we you know we played these joints and uh, <laughs> these you know joints. the loudest cheering section possible. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it's a diverse crowd. You can tell who's with you. No, you can tell. <laughs> oh, you can tell. We, everybody's in all black, goth, <laughs> and then we roll in. One guy had a flower shirt on. I had yeah, a lot white of pants, pants, a lot orange, of pastels. Yeah, you can definitely pastels. tell who the, yeah. <laughs> which pants are for what. Oh, oh man. man, that was a good time though. Well, it brings me a point though. I, we're gonna have a merch table at the next show because I think so. oh, for sure. It, it, look, if you don't, if you have nothing else in your office to guarantee hilarity, you need iron-on t-shirt things. You yeah. can buy them. At, you can buy them at Staples. I literally in my our storage room right now, we have a grip of white t-shirts and the iron-ons because when the moment strikes me funny. I can jump on Photoshop and make a t-shirt of someone, i.e. Colt. We found out that his wife's real name was Martha. Oh, yeah, here you go. Sorry. You are going to get killed. <laughs> this, <laughs> this may be the last. It might be power move with Colt and only Colt next week because I'm not speaking on this. She will kill you. Uh, okay, then we'll, uh, we'll let that out. Not really. We're not going to that out, but here we go. Anyway. Uh, go ahead. But, what was it? Her name is Martha. Martha is her real name. It's a beautiful so, name. It's a beautiful name. What a lovely she name. Does doesn't like it, so but I instantly the, because you know why she don't like it. Us Americans, Murta, her name Murta. Yes, oh. so she's adjusting to our Murta. ignorance. Yes. yes, yes, yeah. No, she needs to double down on yeah. that. But as soon as I found out that she did not like this name, I made a T-shirt of Colt's face that just said "Sexy Murta Fucker," <laughs> which oh, I thought I, was, was appropriate. <laughs> amazing. I thought it was amazing. Shockingly, she did laugh at it. She did not threaten to kill John, so cool. I think we're okay so, with But it. here's my mission. Back back to Blackacre cover okay, band. Blackacre is... Blackacre. Blackacre is, just so just so you understand, Blackacre is the generic name for literally any real estate in law. Okay. So it's like, John sells Blackacre to Colt for a million dollars. There's an easement on it. Blah, blah, blah. It's always Blackacre. 
if there's five parcels, they become black acre, white acre, green acre, et cetera. Ah. But it's always black acre. It's always the first acre. It, it's always black acre. Black acre is the property in all of law schools across America. So what better for a generic lawyer than like the most, <laughs> literally the generic, the generic real estate lawyer playing in a cover band, you know? <laughs> Why wouldn't love it be Black it. Acre, right? You got it. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. You got Black Crows. But here's the point. Keys. But here's the point. Black here's Acre. the point. I'm going to break up the band through the use of a t-shirt. Here's how I'm going to do it. Uh-oh. We're going straight up almost famous where we're going to make the t-shirt where everybody else is a little fuzzy <laughs> on it and you're like out front, super focused. Like, yeah, and we're going to set up a merch table and just, and, it, and I think, I think clarity shall ensue. Oh, That's so God. funny because, you know, the guys that I play with, a lot of times have such limited egos. I think they'd be like, yeah, please, please blank me out. <laughs> really? like, out. Can I say you sounded this. better than uh, Guns N' Roses? Just so you I know. mean, I'd like to think so. You guys uh, did. Honestly. I've done a lot less heroin than well, pretty much. Well, we could, yeah, well, we could actually hear you anyway. The first band that was up there was earth shattering loud. Oh my God. My head hurt for, I went from that, that night, got home about one in the morning and went to, Montley, no, Guns N' Roses next time. My head hurt so bad from that first band. It was that, miser- It was terrible. Oh, we had to put, uh, what did we put in our ears? I can't remember. Put we put napkins. We put napkins. God only knows what you what put in is. your ears. It's, God only knows it was napkins for the rest of us. Just, just for the kids out there who may be listening, wear ear protection because yes. you literally got one shot at hearing. You don't grow ear, the, the, the fuzz back. regrow. Pick up. Yeah, they don't regrow. Yeah. If you knock them off, you kill your hearing. That's it for life. Yeah. Where are your earphones, kids? Where are your earphones? See, we're teaching lessons as we do. You know what? I know another lesson we should talk about. I know another lesson we should talk about, which is this. For me, what makes a great business, and again, what makes a bad business is how you deal with problems that arise uh, for customers. And like today, we had a situation, I won't get exactly what it was, but one of our partners, we screwed up today. We screwed up um, with a very large partner that we have in another state, a southern state. And um, one of our people made a mistake and jeopardized a potential. You're talking about a deal that's worth probably 15 to $20 million a year, reoccurring revenue. And that deal almost got evaporated this morning. And that was the call I woke up to today is this is what's going on. They're meeting at like 1 o'clock Eastern to decide if they're still moving forward with us. Wow. We're 30 days open from, we're 30 days away from getting this open and we've been working on it for seven months. And it was like, okay. Um, so I, I talked to my partner very quickly and I said, here's what I would like you to do. Do this for me. I said, I want you to call him and tell him that we want to get on a plane first thing in the morning and fly out there and personally apologize. Whichever way this goes on the decision, we personally want to sit down with them and say, we're sorry. Even though it wasn't us, you know, that physically did what happened, we wanted to go through and, and personally make that up to them. I said, before they go into that meeting, they need to know we want to do that. Yes. And and my partner who's English was kind of like, well, I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, trust me, they're Southern. That's going to go a long way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we need to yep. mean that because we need to go out there and, you know, obviously the person that screwed up got fired, you know, this afternoon with us and we were going to fly out and thank God the deal worked out. And I think a big part of why it worked out, it's fine now. Thank goodness. Everything's moving along. We don't have to fly out there tomorrow. Uh, everything's kind of recovered nicely, but the did, point being is, on, did it recover after you said you'd fly down? Yes. Do you think that that had something to do with Huge. it? Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it showed that we were, you know, look, anybody will take a lump over zoom or over a call, but if you're willing to get out, if you're willing to get on a plane and and fly there and and get it done, I mean, I think it's Jesse Itzler, uh, who's incredible. If you don't know who he is, Atlanta Hawk owner. Yeah. Atlanta Hawk owner. And and Jesse's amazing. Has had basically two jobs in his life, which was white rapper and then owned Marky jets. But he talks about one of the pivotal moments. Actually, that's not true. It wasn't Jesse. Itzler. I'm going to digress. It was, his wife owns Spanx. No, 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 no. His wife owns Spanx. Yeah. It wasn't oh, really? Jesse. I'm sorry. I just remember who this was. Okay. I was going along. It was it was a major lender. It might be the guy that owns Home or Loan Depot. Maybe maybe he said the story. But when all of the he said when all of the um, when all of the the big warehouse lines were evaporating in 2005 2006 and they were losing everything and they had nowhere to put loans and all of these lenders were imploding. He said he talked to his his largest uh, warehouse line which is imperative to be open if you want to be a lender. You have to have this. And he talked to them and they said, look, we're shutting everybody down. We're only keeping like three. That's it. And he goes, that was the only glimmer of hope I had. Everybody else just told me we were done. We were done. We were done. We're shutting them all down. He goes, but they told me they were keeping three. So he goes, the guy, I see, he said, when are you going to make the decision? He goes, well, we've pretty much already made the decision. 
you know, but yeah, you're, you need to plan on being out. It's fine. But he goes, well, I just really would love to talk to you about it tomorrow morning. If I can, let me ca- kind of call you back tomorrow morning. He's like, it's not really going to help you, but you can, you know, yeah. If you want to call me in the morning, call me in the morning. He's in, he's in New York. It's now like eight o'clock. He calls the guy the next morning at 9am LA time and says, Hey, can we talk about this? And the guy says, yeah, like I told you, we already made the decision. I was done. He goes, well, I'm actually in your lobby. Can we talk about it? And the fact that he was willing to get on a plane and go to that client, get that done, allowed them to keep that business. I wish I could remember exactly who this was. It's kind of a shame that you can't look this story up um, because there's more to it. But the fact that he was willing to do that and go that extra mile for his people, you know, it's not something Chili's would do. Chili's wouldn't do that. Again, if you don't know what Chili's has done to me, Google what did Chili's do to John Or just watch old episodes. (laughs) Or just watch old episodes. I'm not done with you, Chili's. That one I don't think I made it. We talked about that before, The Secrets of Great Rainmakers by Jeffrey Fox. Yes. And he has that one story of the 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 buttons that made him, you know, hundred grand or whatever, hundred thousand dollar buttons. That guy that came in and he needed a button repaired, and he goes, "Well, I can't do that or whatever, but here, I just went and fixed these buttons and added some like nicer new ones, free of charge." They said it just so happened it was a, it was an affluent family. They've now they now ship their stuff to that guy, and they've Good bought day. clothes and custom suits and whatever for the rest of time off this guy for repairing a free button. Because he's willing, you know, he's willing to go just above and beyond. It's just that. What are your touches? What what makes you somebody that makes me feel like you give a shit? And I think when yeah. you say I'm going to get on a plane, you know, I'm not a number to you. Like you give a shit. You right. you're worried about losing my, you know, whatever your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean 100. percent What's your so talking about that over and above thing? What's your what's your number one go to thing that you just love? What is it? That I just love that. that yeah, people, one of the things that you that you do that sets you apart from other people that that is the difference maker in your relationships with other people. You know, I think everybody in my line of work, and as a lawyer and people closing deals, um, I, I'll show you I care because I answer your phone call and your text immediately. Yeah, like and I think I think that's the number one thing that people really notice. Yeah, for my business is that I will answer your call, I will text you back, and I give a shit. And if something goes wrong, I'll make it good. And I will, you know, use my personal resources and connections to try to actually get you to where you need to be personally. And a lot of times, all people want to hear is that you're listening. Like I have a client right now. I'm in a very difficult situation because it's it's crossed over from just a real estate transaction to a person who's very hurt about why this transaction needs to come about, as, as, as opaque as that description is. And so my client is upset more that the relationship that she's in is being affected, you know, right now. And that leads to the real estate deal issue. Yep. Selling real estate when a relationship ends. And so a lot of times, she, you know, I don't know. And so sometimes I'll just ask her, hey, what do you, you know, uh, leave the, we leave the law aside, leave the billing aside. I'm not going to bill you for this conversation. What, you know, what do you want? What are you trying to get out of this? Why would, you know, I just talk about feelings sometimes. It sounds kind of lame. It's not my job necessarily to play counselor, but it happens and it does. And, and I take it seriously. And I try to give advice like with my sister. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I brought it up, I saw something yesterday and, I, and it's, it was good timing because I just started doing this again. Um, was I saw a, a tweet or a meme or a post or whatever it said. And it said, uh, Hey, after 35, nothing good ever comes in the mail, but bills. That's what somebody wrote on a thing. And it was like, amen, 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 whatever. And I, it's good because I just started doing this. I spent 200 bucks. There was this really co- great website that made these really cool custom cards. So I got these cool custom cards with big Gafford embossed on it. It's like leopard coming down the side, some embossed. It really looks like a Gucci thank you card, it looks like, but it's big. And I just decided that every week, I'm going to start sending at least one of these cards out to somebody that does something kind to me or shows me an overabundance of, 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 yeah, just, br- of just relationship. And... I sent the first couple out last week and the people that got them called me up and they were like, dude, thank you so much for this card. They were so appreciative because again, you're taking something that people had that perception of nothing good ever comes in the mail and you're going that extra mile for that. And you're, you're saying thank you. And you're just trying to spread something positive in a medium that normally is full of negative. Yeah. It's double edged. It's double edged because not only are you getting something in the mail, that's not a bill. So you're relieved. Yeah. It's actually something nice. So it actually has a double impact. Now I have a couple people that send me, those kind of like monthly letters and they're people that yeah. are keeping in touch kind of get to a point where I'm like, I just feel like I'm on a mailing list. Yeah. 
It can right. lose it. It can no, lose it. No, no, this it. is handwritten. This is me. I handwrite these. This is not a handwritten font. This, no, it is. This is not yeah, anything else. They're very, per, yeah. they're very personalized right. as to exactly what it was. Uh, for example, there's a restaurant here in town called Bella Vita. Um, the guy that's the, a restaurateur there is a really good restaurateur. Um, and every time I go in there, the dude literally fawns on me like I'm the president of the United States. I, we were in there with uh, my daughter's best friend's parents maybe a week and a half ago, and it was funny. He, he, he was, wasn't there, but you know, just in the course of conversation, I looked around, and, and Gage's like, what are you looking for? And I was like, well, I was looking to see if Sergio was here. And she's like, he's not here. And they were like, who's Sergio? And I was like, I, I guess, so I told the story. I said, look, I said, I don't know why. I did nothing to deserve this. I'm like, I have nothing to deserve the treatment that I get from this dude. But whenever I come in here and he sees me, it's like, the C's part, and it may, who knows, he may do this for everybody. I have no idea. Sure, but it's, it's like a production that right. he's angry that I'm in the restaurant and he didn't know about it. Like he scolds the GM that, why didn't you tell me they were here and blah, blah, blah. And if you, and when I walk in, if there's 50 people waiting, no, 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 no. Not for me right to the front. I don't know what I did here, but I'll take it, right? But I sent him a card. So anyway, I'm t we're telling the story to my to my my daughter's best friend's parents. And towards the end of it, we get up to leave and there he is. And exactly what I had laid out to them was going to happen happens. Like angry, didn't know it. Like, are these your friends? Gives them a $50 gift card. I mean, just over the top, super hospitable. So I sent him a card. It was just basically saying, hey, you know what? I don't deserve the amount of hospitality you show me. It's never expected, and it's always greatly appreciated. And thank you so much. And it's stuff like that, man. I think, I think recognition, right? Well, I think I people think, are rec yeah, recognizing people love this to be, stuff. People, people want, you know, recognition and genuine connection. Well, that, I, it's primal. Well, people are just, I think people are nowadays with the internet are so programmed to want to bitch about everything and not show recognition or, or catch people doing stuff right. Which brings us to something Colt want to talk about today. I love, I get, I get Colt's fun, fun topic ideas for what we should talk about. We're not going to talk about all today because I promise we'll talk about some other ones, but this is what I get today. You ready, Connell? Okay, here it comes. All right, here we go. I get fun. Oh, God, see, now I know my, what my, my ideas for the show that I drop on today are like taking instant cash offers for your house pros and cons, you know, the value of college, which we didn't get to today. We'll get to next time. Um, and then Colt gives me horse medication for COVID. Is Colt Stoddard a serial killer? Gym habits that are annoying. I jogged a mile, and I'm convinced that I could definitely be in the Olympics for speed walking. No. <laughs> Which I, no, no, I, yeah. I am <laughs> absolutely going to be in the Olympics still. I don't know if you guys are not convinced. Like, I ran, I jogged. That's all speed walking is. Yeah. And I jog. You can't it. lift your feet off the ground. I know. It's all technique. I'm telling you. Today, I'm, after I was like, I wonder if I really I could cannot be in wait for you to keep pursuing this dream because I feel Listen, like it's building if momentum. Anybody listens to this, anybody listens to this or sees this on YouTube, if you know anybody that is an actual competitive speedwalker, can you please refer them to us can so we, we can set like up a, a, a track a, a meet a for money? Cool, kind of going on cold. How long is he going to last? Oh, come on. You guys have no faith. Look at this. I have no this. faith in your ability to speedwalk. No, no, no faith whatsoever. Level. If no, you're just Listening to this, I am but, no. chiseled in amazing but, shape. But you did I don't drink. No, but you did want to talk about the next door app and, and all of the and all of the mayhem that the next door app. <laughs> oh, the next door app has gone from a convenient place to connect with your neighbors to literally just a Shit whirlwind oh, of disaster. You love your you guys. I absolutely, you guys live. Oh, you live in the wrong neighborhood. You guys live in <laughs> no, nice, just, fancy neighborhoods. I live geez. in the hood. You know what I woke up to on my email? You know how it gives you a little clip of what happened yeah. so you get on there? And how do I not get on this after this one? The subject line is, naked guy in my backyard with scissors. <laughs> like, how am I not going to get on and look? He wasn't running, was he? Well, hopefully Next door not. neighbors again. Yeah, uh, I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> no, but the next door neighbor app, if you live in the hood, is way better than Twitter or Facebook yeah, I believe your next door neighbor's app is uh, OnlyFans. Uh, only <laughs> I believe that's your next door uh, He's app. out. He's out. <laughs> he made a yeah, lot of money, yeah. but he's you out. Know, uh, you can tell people just what they'll get on there and talk about. Well, this is what I find. I find it's blazing criticism of some business yeah. or some person. Sure, sure. And it always and, goes political and the, from that. Or, or political from that. And then there's then there's my lost other cat, one that I look lost at. Cat. No, there's. <laughs> I, I don't mind the lost pets. I'm just telling you, that's pets. what I see. It just proliferates. This is the one that this is the one that this is the one that I just shake my head every time. Suspicious person seen in our oh, neighborhood. That's number three. <laughs> it's always it's always like middle aged young man Karen haircut seen young man today seen outside walking around neighborhood. Keep an eye out. It's like see oh, your guys dude. telling you it's where you live. Mine's <laughs> male gunshots. Yeah, I think Did anybody else hear gunshots? Uh, naked guy. I swear the naked guy comes across all the time. It's not the same one. 
and then you always get the Karens of a golf talking, course. Hey, is someone pissing on your wall like they are off the, the golfers, you know, pissing on the walls? But, no, my next-door neighbor app is phenomenal. So, so let me tell you a story, Cole. Uh, uh, who was it? <laughs> Was it the BTK killer or uh, John Wayne Gacy when they were looking for people? Those are always sometimes the first people to volunteer. The guys who's are, who are actually guilty oh, yeah, of the yeah, crime. Yep, yep. You keep you keep mentioning this naked guy a lot. Cole. Naked guy, serial killer. To want I to help. And now, he, now he's quote unquote moved away. Uh, yeah, oh no, we can stop looking he's, for he's, him. Oh no, look out! He moved away. Don't, don't test the DNA of the stuff he leaves. In his, <laughs> yeah, he can't do that. His victims back. Oh no, no, I did touch that when I was looking <laughs> for him. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Cole, the next door to volunteer to find the naked guy running around with scissors. I feel like we should talk about it because we did promise it at the top of a series of episode one or part A of this episode, I should say, uh, which is going to college. Mm-hmm. Worth the money. What is it? Now, okay, well, let's there start with Colt. Overrated why? Is. Why is going to college overrated? Because it's great if you're someone like Chris, right? Or somebody that's what going to- someone like Chris? Someone like if you you're Canadian people. You can't say that on the air. Regina. Canadian? If you were born that. in Regina, you're no, but if you're like going to be a doctor, if you're going to be a scientist, if you're going to be a law- but other than a, that, a law, a law just, the law, just going, you're going to be with the law. Bill. <laughs> no, a lawyer. But if you're going to go into law, did I say the law? The law. Anyways, no, I, I think that trade schools are a way better option for 80% of the people out there. And I think that, uh, I think you're going to see that. I think that in 20 years, it will be very, not even that, maybe in 10 years, it'll be evenly regarded as, you know. The standard. Yeah, I, I have a problem with people that don't regard trade as being whatever. they You know, there was this sort of stigma about trade. You know, you didn't want your kid to go be a plumber. You wanted to go to, to school. And for a lot of kids, it doesn't make sense. I've sold Here, some big houses for some plumbers. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but those are entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, they're not – nobody who's a grunt. I don't care if you're a lawyer. If you're a grunt, you're not working for yourself. You're not a partner. You're not actually making as much money as you think. It's owners that make money. But yep. that aside, I'll push back here on you a bit, Colt. Uh, so Freakonomics, if you look at these guys, if you look at the lifetime earnings of a college graduate, they're disproportionately higher Higher. than the, the, absolutely. Cause you're 66 is that number, I believe it's 66% higher, but it's 66% disproportionate. So I am so pro college and it's not, it's not just, I think if you're a plumber, you should also take some liberal arts classes, take some courses, take a philosophy course. And here's why. Learning how to think is going to help you out in every aspect of your life. Okay, you don't have to go get a degree in in sociology. Okay, yep. that's not going to help you. It's Agreed. not the degree that's going to help you. Agree. Unless you want to go be a lawyer, or a politician, or whatever. So, or a teacher, or whatever, or a doctor. It doesn't matter. But if you don't understand what logical fallacy is, if you don't really understand why straw man makes your argument shitty, you know, if you don't understand, then. It, you're never you're not speaking the language of 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 other people in the field who are educated on the topic. So you're speaking a foreign language. I wouldn't go argue with somebody in Spanish. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. But well, I, look I, at your look at your call. You went to college. I went to college. John did not even go through high school. We found out <laughs> Hooters um, University, yeah. baby. What are you talking like, about? Honestly, I'm to take like you know bowling and stuff like that. A fourth of my college was BS. The other fourth was like sure. Science. Oh. You know, yeah. No, but then half of it was great, right? Was poor my trade. And I get it. Trade schools should probably open up and say, you know what, let's bring some different avenues to it. Just not this is how you fix something. Because, yeah, yeah you go work, be a plumber, or like you said, attorney. You see some of these attorneys, you're like, really? You went through all that school and you're making no money. This is what I'm going to say is I am super pro college. I went to college for a couple of years. Um, Obviously at some point felt the institution had nothing further to offer me, but here's the point. This is what it, this is what it does. In my opinion, it teaches you to be an adult. It teaches you to think differently because you're surrounded by others also learning how to think differently. And you're thrown to this, this, this dish of, 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 like-minded people trying to do something different than they've done before. And I think even as I go through, I've met some, I mean, I've met some 25 year old kids that are super successful. that never went to college. And what I found is even though they're making a lot of money, there's some entrepreneurs like through the hustle economy, whatever, making a truckload of money, emotionally they're kind of still 18 stunted a bit yeah they're stunted because they didn't get that life experience of going off and learning not just you know 
uh, philosophy and Western civ, right. but they didn't learn how to be an adult. Or learning how to be wrong and learning yeah. how to have someone tell you that your idea isn't well thought out. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's almost like the criticism of law school. So here, just from my experience, I have, you know, I, I did my JD MBA together. So I went to business school and law school at the same time. I'll tell you how much more difficult law school was than business school. And here's why. Business school is like a lot of times practical. You're learning economics and accounting yeah. and finance right. or whatever. But law is this whole thing where you take a room full of people who are all straight A students throughout college, not high school. Yeah. They're all college straight A students. I don't give a shit. Everybody in that room. In Canada, that's like a C minus. It's like a D. It's yeah, like it's a D an American D. It's a metric A. I got another metric A's. But you take a room full of metric A, you know, people that all get A students. Their whole life, they're elite at school. And you say, okay, 20% of you get an A. You know how you're all A students? Only 20% yeah. get an A, 60% get a B, and 20% get a C. doesn't matter what you do. If everybody in that room is Clarence Darrow, 20% of the Clarence Darrows yeah. are going to be A Clarence Darrows, and 60% are going to be C, you know, B Clarence Darrow. So at the end of the day, you have to get in there. And that's why law school is competitive. It's because you're playing on the human ego, and you go in there and you're fighting. And there's like one final. There's sometimes a midterm. But most of your grade is resting on one final. Yeah, That's it. There's no homework. You have to be an adult. You have to self-manage and read all these things. So you're going in there going, oh, shit, I don't want to be one of the Cs. But then that's what motivates, right? That It feeds on that need in people. So what you're doing is you're, you're always feeling inadequate. And it was the first time in my life for years where I was working as hard as I've ever worked in my life. And See, Cole, other people, fe- other people feel this. Other people <laughs> no, feel it too. Buddy. I only, I only felt that way after I lived next to a gay porn You star. get your ego shit kicked yeah. for years, your ego, okay? And when you come out of that and then you go online and you hear all these constitutional experts talking, you go, the problem with you is you've never had your dick really kicked in by these better ideas than you have. Okay, and you don't even know when they come up because you're not really trying. You're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. You're not yeah. trying. You're not. You're not. Uh, you're not willing to be. You know, sort of beat up, and and have your ego take some mad shots because that's on the bottom of the Dunning Kruger spectrum. Yep. Well, kids, I think that's uh, the consensus is with the exception of Colt, and I mean, and also <laughs> Colt's daughter you, is you be the ju- you be the ju- you be the judge <laughs> you be the judge of how you want to turn out here. On the Olympic speed stay in school, kids. Stay in school. Attorney, which one do you want? <laughs> well, that's gonna wrap it up I think, for another episode of the Power Move. Again, remember, if you have a good Power Move noise, it's gonna be better than this one. Uh, please send it in to us because we'd love to hear it. Oh, it's that one with right the copyright waiver. Yeah, the copyright <laughs> waiver exactly that allows us to use it as we want, and we get sued later. And uh, yeah, man, remember. If you like what we're doing, tell somebody. If you hate it, tell two, because it doesn't matter. If they're talking good or bad, it's when they stop talking, you got a problem. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com, where we'll share any links that we've, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford.com. I'm here. Give me a shout.